Yo, guys, what's up? This is Aiden Jones. You are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for fucking Wednesday, the 28th of February, 2018. Um, it's, uh, well, I'm at my mum's house in Adelaide. I landed yesterday um, from Sydney. I, uh, oh, mate, I was drunk in the airport. So I did this show on uh, Monday night at Coogee Bay Hotel such a good show, man, run by this dude called Pat Doherty, who is a lovely guy, just a great dude, and just ran a great show, um, Luke Heggie was on, lives around the corner, Luke Heggie, phenomenal Australian comedian, just fucking, I, I remember I saw Luke Heggie in like 2013 at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and I'd, I'd gone to see, I'd like been doing comedy for like eight months or something. And I had gone to this venue to see Nick Cody, um, but I got there like, for some reason I got there so early. And uh, so I sat down and then like Luke Heggie was on before him and I was like, who the fuck is this? And um, it just blew my mind that this dude could be so funny and at the same time just be like openly hating the audience. Like he, it's almost like he just hates being there, you know? Um, and he's just like talking about shit that he fucking hates and like these, how about these fucking dirt bags, the fucking people who do this and blah, blah, blah. Like every bit of his material is like he does the jokes, bang, bang, bang. And then he'll go like, and what about these fucking other section of idiots in society, these fucking morons. Um, but he has these beautiful turns of phrase that I could never repeat. Um, Oh, what was what I I saw him do one the other night when he called someone a despicable fart in a jar. <laughs> Just yeah, I mean the guy's fucking incredible. So he did um he did some new gear. Um, there was a local act who uh, Jamie Kirk clothes was great. Um, just a great show, man. And then after the show. In uh, at Coogee Bay Hotel, me and Pat like got a lift home into town. Or got a lift into town, and then I my flight was at seven a.m. So I was just gonna um, go to the airport and just crash at the airport for you know like all night. Um, we gone out of the car of like whoever it was that gave us a lift, and Pat turned to me and was just like, "Do you want to go for a pint?" And I was like, "Absolutely." Um, and he said he had forty five minutes before he had to get the ferry to Manly. Um, so we got like one point and then I was like, do you want to get the, like another one? And he was like, I've already got it. It's right here. And, uh, we just kept getting pint after pint and we were like changed venues like twice. We ended up being out to like three in the morning. We played uh pool against some fucking dude. Like just the, the different caliber of person that's out at dive bars. Like the first bar that we went to was like this gross dive bar, just full of pokey machines. And, um, and then when we got into the bar section of it, there was like the dude behind the bar and then a regular who looked like Shane Warne. We fucking dude was like 50 and we kept telling him he looked like Shane Warne. He was like chatting to us and stuff. Um, there was like a kind of semi-homeless dude out there telling us about his life and spoke with this really like really compelling cadence. I don't know what that was. I went to ask him for a ciggy and he had one ciggy left and then he was like, all right, but can I come and sit with you boys? And I was like, ah, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> and he came and sat with us and was telling us about all his conspiracy theories and shit, which normally would have been the most annoying thing in the world, but he had this incredible cadence to his voice that was so odd. 
It was like fucking listening to someone play the sax, you know? It was really beautiful. Um, <clears throat> and then he kind of left after a while and, oh, we went to another, yeah, we went to this other place. We were playing pool against this dude and he was just like a slimy fucking, once again, like some 50-year-old bar fly there by himself. We were playing doubles, so it was me and Pat against him and this other dude and then his partner left so the security guard came over and played on his team and, uh, the whole time me and Pat were just giving it out to him, going like, dude, you can't change partners. Where's your mate? You need to have a mate if you're going to play pool with us. And, uh, he, I think he, like, wanted to just play, I don't know, I think he was upset that we were there, I can't really remember, but, um, yeah, we, <laughs> we, every time we fucking said something to him, he'd just be like, fuck off, play a fucking game, <laughs> like, point is, me and Pat just went around for four or five hours, drinking and, uh, and doing stupid shit in Sydney at night, on a Monday night, and then I got to the airport, and, uh, was just so hungover. I made a video of myself uh, singing some Spanish song that I had listened to or something and like saw some people miss their flight. How There is nothing more beautiful in the world than seeing people miss things, than be late for things. Like when you're on a bus and people like come up to the bus and the doors just close and they like knock on the door and the driver pretends not to see them <laughs> and they drive off. And that person's there and they've been running and they're like, Motherfucker! Fucking piece of shit! Trying to yell through the door. The more, the more, like the harder they try and get on the bus, the better it is to watch them fail. <laughs> oh. And I, I, that happens to me sometimes. That happened to me yesterday. I ran for like a hundred metres, sprinted to try and get the tram. Um, and, I, and I missed it. And then I got to the tram stop and there was this one other lady down the other end of the tram stop looking at me and I'm like standing there panting and I just looked up at her and did that click, you know, that like, ah. Um, I try and, that's what I love seeing people miss things. So then when I miss a thing, like you've got to be humble, don't you? You can't like make a big scene and feed into it. You've got to take it on the chin and just be like, ah, you know, you get me this time, next time I'll get you, kind of, that, that kind of attitude. Um, but I saw some people miss their flight at the, uh, at Sydney airport. They actually took it so well. They were, they were bummed. Like, I mean, missing a flight is way worse than just missing the bus. And, you know, there's not going to be another flight in 15 minutes for you to just jump on. Um, I was in the corner of the, of the gate, like, waiting area, just charging my phone and sleeping on the floor and then I woke up and they were doing last call and so I was like oh is that my flight but it was the gate next to ours and as I kind of woke up and looked around these <laughs> three it was like uh it was like two girls and a guy like my age maybe a bit younger um just came like hurtling down the stairs up to the gate and they were like yep yeah, we're here for the thing and they were like oh you literally just missed it we've just closed the gate and <laughs> <laughs> they kind of looked at each other and were like really like asked if that was actually what was happening a few times you know when you're like no please no it, it, no it's not it's is it please <laughs> and then they kind of finally sussed that's what was happening and uh they turned around and just went back up the staircase and I was like, 
I wonder where you guys are even going, you know? Like, what? what's your next move? Do they try and book another flight? Do they have the money for it? Were they going home? Or they looked kind of like they were going on a holiday. They had that, that whole neck pillow situation going on. Um, I don't know what that says. Does that mean you travel a lot? Or does that mean you don't travel much? You have a neck pillow. Do I need to get a neck pillow? What's the deal with those? Do I, like... Because I travel... I've, I've, I'd venture to say that I... I'm on the higher percentage of, like, travellers. I've caught a bunch of flights in the last year. And I don't have a neck pillow. But sometimes I feel like I should have one. I only feel like I should have one when I get... Like, who thinks to have one before? I only remember remember them, like, when I'm actually on the plane and if someone around me has one. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? If you're in... The, especially if you're in the middle seat, you know, and then you only put your neck back. But... I, those people who fucking rock around with them, they're like walking around the airport with it around their neck. It's like, yeah, we get it. You're about to catch a flight. It's literally everyone else is. No one cares. I don't know why you would wear it like that. But then I guess where else would you wear it? Once again, this is me unreasonably expecting people to do things exactly the way I want them to be done because they're just different to me. Fucking loser walking around with your neck pillow. Think you're better than me? No, that's just that's how you would carry it, idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, when I got into Adelaide, I was just hung over, man. It was like eight thirty, eight thirty nine, something like that. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm still kind of tired. Um, no, I'm not. I just slept for like ten hours. I'm not tired. I just am yawning. Um, but I'm at my mum's place. Yeah, so I'm staying at mum's now. Um. I did a set last night, the 6 o'clock show, and I've got another set tonight, one tomorrow. My show starts on Saturday. Um, that's the Abisham Flat. If anyone, if anyone's in Adelaide listening, wants to come to that show, that'd be fucking sick. Um, it's about this guy I lived with who was a con man, defrauded people out of money in the flat by telling them he owned the flat. So I wrote a blog about him every week, and he got arrested for fraud. Uh, it starts on, on Saturday the 3rd, but it's sold out. Damn, yeah, the first show sold out. That's sick. Second show, almost sold out. And then after that, it's every day until the 18th, but no Mondays. Um, man, my mum's place is... Um, <laughs> my mum's name's Anne. She's, my mum's very funny in, like, a dumb way. Like, like, uh, like she's called her Wi-Fi Antarctica. <laughs> Which is not funny at all. But I can just imagine her being, like... Oh, we'll just have a little bit of fun with this. What's it? Oh, Antarctica. That's pretty fun, isn't it? Hey, hey, Dan, my brother's Dan. My brother lives with her. Uh, be like, what do you think of that, Dan? That's pretty funny. Your mum's pretty funny, eh? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but so I'll be here for the next few weeks. Um, man, I saw this uh, guy. I've had a few weird fucking... Nights in the last week, actually. First of all, oh, I was, before I... I'll tell this story and then I'll talk about this racist dude that I saw. Um, so I got real drunk on Monday. Sunday was, like, fairly low-key. Saturday, I didn't have um, a gig and I caught up with my mate Sam, who uh, I went to school with, old Sam Benja, Samson Benjworth, <laughs> who, like, when... Um, uh, Sam's like, 
he has uh he's a tradie, so he's like an electrician at the at the Sydney airport. Um, works hard. Has always been a hard working dude, and so he drinks fucking hard as fuck as well. Um, I just remember like uh, Sam's family were always kind of weird. Um, we were we were good friends all through school. I remember his dad. Um, who his dad is just like military in his strictness of the house. I remember one time I stayed there for a week because my parents went to Melbourne and uh, Sam had some of his socks like just outside his room in the hallway and his dad came through and was like, Samson, can you please take better care of your items, please? Uh, his, he used to, his dad used to make him call him sir. Um, they would, we would eat dinner and then he and his dad would like arm wrestle at the table. Um, fuck, very funny. He used to call him, his dad used to call him George because that's his middle name. Samson George Benja. <laughs> his dad would call him George. Um, but so we went out on, uh, on Saturday and I, I had beautiful, uh, brunch with a mate from London and then I just kind of wrote by myself for a few hours, had a few beers at this little um, Spanish cantina, and then met up with Sam, we had more beers, we went to his house and had beers, we went to the comedy store, had beers, um, we just, beers and beers and beers, man, I, we changed places a bunch, we went to a few different bars, and at one point, I, evidently, I'd been drinking too much all day, so I was kind of falling asleep at the bar, so Sam gave me his key, and sent me back to his, and he was like, yeah, just crash out at mine, because it was in, we're in, uh, like Coogee, like which is you know out in the in the east of Sydney, like about a, a forty minute um, cab from where I was staying. So you know, so I go back to Sam's, but I'm so drunk that I forgot. Evidently, I forgot that I had his key on me. I don't remember any of this. I just remember waking up at like five thirty in the morning outside his house on his doorstep to the apartment complex where he lives with the mat rolled up as like a headrest and uh I fucking I'd forgotten that I had his key and and I'd just fallen asleep my phone had died so I had no like nowhere to sleep didn't know that I could get into his house my phone had died so I couldn't ask him what was going on or anything and it was like 5 30 in the morning so I just got up walked out to the main road, hailed a cab, and caught a $50 taxi back to Roselle on the other side of the city where I was staying. Fucking devastating shit. Like, oh my god, man. 50 bucks. And then I got back to uh, my friend Liz's place where I was crashing, passed out, woke up uh, at like 10.30 to uh, Sam calling me, going like, dude, where are you? do you still have my key? And I checked my pockets and I was like, motherfucker, you fucking stupid idiot. So I had his keys on me the whole time. I could have, when I went back to his to give his keys back and get my bag, I fucking like got into his house and it was like where I was sleeping, there was that door and then the first door on the right was Sam's apartment. I was like 15 metres away from the bed I could have been staying in and instead I caught a $50 cab Fuck, man, that was infuriating. Some that's every now and then I think, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't drink so much. Like, <laughs> maybe it's not worth it. <laughs> that was one of those fucking times, man. Um, 
that day I felt that like that was a kind of hangover where I, you feel fragile, you know. I was like, oh, I feel real weird. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was walking around Sydney that afternoon. It started raining like heavy, crazy heavy as well. For like 12 hours it rained. That was nuts. And um, so it was, I'm, I'm walking down some main street. I just got off of a bus uh, on Sunday afternoon. And there was this homeless guy. Um, like he was sitting on the side of the road. So he had his little cup and his rug and a dirty pillow and shit. And then he st- he started staring. You know when you like, there's like a, a homeless dude, and they're normally like they just kind of sit there and they're doing their own thing. But every now and then you see one that's like, he starts stirring, and it's like it's like a dormant volcano. He's like, ah, and you're like, oh fucking, I hope this doesn't develop. Um, and he stood up and he pointed at this group of three young Asian dudes, like my age kind of dudes, twenty-ish year old dudes. And uh, he just started going, fuck, fuck off, fuck off, you fuck off, fuck, get out of here. And um, I'm like, oh, God, I really hope this isn't what I think it is. And I was walking in the other direction, so I kind of kept walking, but I slowed down, turned around, and I see him stand up, walk over to them and go, fuck, fuck off, and, like, shoulder one of these guys from behind. So, like, act like he was walking past them, but walked through the middle of them and shoulder this dude, like, hard. And uh, I was like, dude, fuck you, you piece of shit. Um, so I went back, and he was then, like, standing in front of them going, fuck off, get get the fuck out of here. And I, like, grabbed his arm and was like, oi, cunt, you fuck off, sit the fuck down. Shut, stop being a fucking idiot, you piece of shit. And then he kind of got in my face and was like, you fucking fuck off too, you fucking dog. Um, and I just, like, turned away and just walked away, and he followed me for a little bit. But, like, god damn it, man, that's... I, you don't really see that kind of stuff often, and it just is such a bummer when you do see it to be like, oh yeah, it still happens, great. Um, also, it just blew my mind to be like, how can you be, how can you be racist like that, like in the rain, like it was raining, you know, <laughs> like he went out into the rain to say that shit to those dudes. Surely at that point you're like, I'm. I'll be racist when it's sunny. Right now, I'm just concerned with keeping my pile of crap dry. Like, of all the things you own in the world. Imagine, that's the equivalent of, like, if your fucking roof caved in in your house and there was water coming in all through your roof and you still found time to go out the front of your house, find your nearest ethnic neighbour and go, hey, go back to where you fucking came from, you dog. Like, (laughs) fix your roof, mate. Don't you, it's not their fault that your fucking shit's all wet. Uh, maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe he's annoyed at his situation and the rain's like kind of exacerbated it and, and brought it into a sharp relief that his life is fucked. And so that's brought those feelings of resent and disdain kind of welling up and then he's seen the first ones and go, it's your fault that my rucksack's getting wet on Pitt Street. It wasn't Pitt Street. That's just the only Sydney street that I know. Anyway, I wish I could have kind of chatted to those guys, the um, the Asian guys, you know? Like, I kind of walked off, but I, they didn't even... This is the thing as well. They didn't even look that Asian. Like, <laughs> hey, that's kind of wild to say. But as in, like, I could hear what they were saying, and they were speaking in Australian accents, so they were, like, Australian, like, raised in Australia. They weren't even, like... I don't know. I mean, I could understand him, like getting triggered by, you know, maybe if they were speaking, like, Chinese or something, 
but they were they were Australian dudes, <laughs> and they weren't like. I don't know, man. They didn't look super Asian. They weren't doing anything particularly Asian at all. They just fucking had Asian like skin and facial features. Oh, I don't know. Is that different? Is that is that okay to be overawed by the fact that like? Do people understand what I'm saying when I'm when I say they weren't that Asian? I would really love some reassurance on this. If you could hit me up and let me know whether that's okay to say. <laughs> I guess it's not. It's probably like saying fucking is Obama black enough, like to count as a black president. You remember when people used to say that shit when he when he became president and they were like, yeah, first black president, and then there were whisperings of like, nah, is he though, or is he half black? Maybe the white half of him is the half that got elected. <laughs> God, that's fucked up. People are fucking stupid as shit. Uh so, um, <laughs> oh my god, why am I fucking yawning so much, man? I always yawn. I was yawning last week as well. Someone hit me up and said, for the record, I did yawn as well, which is good. That means, <coughs> got one non sociopath listening to this pod. <sighs> um, we moved, um, me and my brother, like, moved my uh my mum's getting new like built-in wardrobes in her house and so they had to move we had to move like the the ones that were there already like the you know the big fucking wooden wardrobe thing that just like sits in the corner of the room but it's like not a built-in one so to get up at eight which i know is not a big deal everyone gets up at eight but i didn't have to all right but i did today like i have got nothing to do but i had to get up at eight and uh, this is weird, right? My brother, like, I mean, he lives with mum, and I guess so. I guess this is like his house as well, and I'm like the visitor. Um, and then last night, he uh, messaged me like, "Hey, if you need to use the car today, go for it." And I was like, "Yeah, sick." And then he goes, um, "Oh, also, uh, just make sure you're home tomorrow because we have to help mum move the wardrobes." <laughs> and I like I mean that's great that he's all organized and shit but a little part of me was like you what <laughs> like I don't like being bossed around by my little brother I was like mum was sitting right there and I was like I'm not replying to that hey <laughs> it's like he's always been my little brother you know so like when I'm here it's like hey I'm the boss but I mean that's stupid I'm not the boss I'm just another I'm another dude no one's the boss you know um, I don't know, I just, like, I resented it a little bit that he was telling me to be home at a certain time. <laughs> I'll fucking be home when I say I'll be home, bro, alright? <laughs> it was very funny to catch that little emotion in myself. Um, but I was home. Um, if my Tinder date uh, didn't also live at home with her parents, then I would not have come home. But by chance of circumstance, I was home. Um, so I'll let him believe that it was because of him that I came home. <laughs> but like, um, we uh, we moved the thing, we slid it onto this little bit of plastic and then slid it down the hall. And I wasn't even like, I'd become so conscious about, um, you know, how I lift things. Because you, you always hear that like bend from the knees, you know, lift... Don't don't lift with your back. You got to lift with your knees and with your thighs and through your core. 
I remember this guy, when I was like 18, working at Coles, I remember this dude um, who was like a bit of a know-it-all kind of guy. I, th- I can't remember where else I knew him from. I think he was also like in Scouts or something. And I was in Scouts, but he was a bit older, but I like, you know, I recognised him from that or whatever. And he worked at the Coles and he always, because he knew me, he always felt like he could, you know, like give me, not give me like orders and stuff, but just like share his worldly wisdom with me, you know. And I, he would have been like 21 and I would have been 18. Um, but I, he like, he just always would jump at the opportunity to like, oh, I think, you know, I'm a little bit older, so let me tell you, it's, uh, this is generally how it goes, I think you'll find. Um, and so one time he told me uh, we were lifting something and I, I didn't lift from the knees, I lifted from, with my back. <clears throat> and I remember him going like, oh, mate, you, uh, yeah, you don't, uh, don't fuck your back up, mate. Once you fuck that up, it's fucked forever. <laughs> Which thinking back, I mean, oh, maybe he was like in his mid-twenties or something, but he was a pretty big dude, like not very physically fit, so I guess maybe he could have thrown his back out. But I'm like, how have you fucked your back up at that age? Like he would not have been older than 30. Not a chance would he have been older than 30. That's brutal. I just remember him being so adamant, like, don't fuck your back up, whatever you do. And at the time I was like, fuck you, loser. I'll lift how I want. I'm a spring little chicken. And uh, as I got a little bit older, you start to feel it a little bit, you know, when you lift something. And now I'm only 27. Um, But already when I was lifting that thing today, I wasn't even going down and bending, like, you know, I wasn't lifting low. I was, if anything, I had my hands over my head and I was like pushing it from the top to get it off the ground. Um, And then when I finished, I could feel it just in those two, like behind where, where your kidneys are, you know, I could feel the muscles there tighten up a little bit and I was like fucking the day that gives way that dude's words are going to be in my head once you fuck your back up it's fucked forever oh and I, I I've never thought about that before but actually that's true the day because I'm sure everyone's back gives way at some point right if you keep doing like physical things with your life at some point you're just going to hear it go or feel it go oh, and you're like oh that's a bad one and when that happens, that dude's words are going to be ringing in my ears. And I'm going to want to call him and be like, man, you were right, but you still could have really been a little bit more humble in the way that you communicated that idea to me. An 18-year-old boy. <laughs> Let me lord my two extra years over you for a second. I have no idea how old that dude was. All right, how long are we done here? 26. Um... Hmm, I have three more minutes to go. Let's fucking... Oh, oh, recommendations for the Adelaide Fringe. Who should people go and see? I reckon I want to go see Kel Balnaves today. Kel Balnaves is a dude who was doing comedy when I started in Adelaide in 2011, when I did like my first shows. He was already around and kind of established, which I mean, to be established in Adelaide is like not... doesn't really mean much, but... He'd already been going for a few years when I started, and he's still going. He's, I've, I don't even think I've ever seen him on stuff. I've seen him like once, I reckon, at Spleen, like maybe a couple years ago. But I remembered when I did one of my very first gigs, he, he was on maybe even my first gig. He went on and boldly introduced him as like, uh, oh, this next guy is like a great storyteller, really funny, and just you know one of the best storytellers going around now. Kel Bowknaves, and um, 
I wonder. I think I still think of him in terms of that introduction because I've only seen him do comedy like a few times, and I've I've always known he's funny. Everyone knows Kel's funny, but I've never seen one of his shows, and I've never like yeah really seen him do like a long set or anything like that. So I'm super pumped to go and see his show. Um, so I'm probably going to see that today. I've got another, I've got a show at six, and then we'll go see him at seven after I pick up my fringe pass. <laughs> Does anyone else sing when they yawn? That's one of my favourite things to do. I love singing when I yawn. My grandpa does that shit. My grandpa goes... <laughs> and I think my grandma thinks that it's like the worst and that he's an idiot. I'm all about singing when you yawn, man. You get a good one in. You get a nice little tune. <laughs> so I'll see Kel. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Luke Joseph Ryan as well. He got a real brutal review. I was looking up reviewers because um, something that I've learned is that you have to kind of target reviewers um, to, uh, you know, like read other reviews that they've done and then position yourself as like the things that they've liked so they get more interested in your show. So you got to, you know, find like two or three other people they've done that they've liked and then go like, oh, yeah, I'm the reason I'm like those people, you should review me is because of blah, 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 blah. Um, so I was doing that and I looked up Luke Joseph Ryan's because I've heard of him. He's a Sydney comic, I think. Um, and... Yeah, like, it just was brutal. And, like, I know he's, like, he's got a good... I'm pretty sure I've seen him do comedy before and liked it. But also, I just know that he's, like, respected and everything. And he got a two-and-a-half star in Adelaide now. And it was not a good review. And um, then, like, just by chance, like, the next week, he hit me up and was like, hey, man, I've got to run second half Melbourne Comedy Festival at Pilgrim. I know your first half. Do you want to, swip, swap, like, swap with me? Because um, he said he'd picked up some real lucrative work in Sydney during his run, and I was like, man, like, I really wish I could say yes, but I fucking cannot, like, you know, I've already done a lot of my promotional gear, and, like, nah, I've, people, I've started selling tickets, you know, um, but then I was like, oh, fuck, dude, by the way, like, how'd you go with that, I read that review the other day, that was pretty brutal, um, and, like, you know, it seemed, like, a little bit harsh, and he was just like, yeah, man, that, to be honest, has sent me in, like, a bit of a spiral and, like, really rocked me, which sucks, man. I mean, he said, here's the thing that was interesting, was he said that he was doing, like, a, he said he knows the show's not good, so it's, like, a, not a work in progress, but it's very unfinished right now, and so it was, like, you know, so, like, I know it's not a good show, and I was like, okay, then at least it didn't go against your expectations, like, you're not expecting a five-star on a show that you know isn't finished, right? Um, that kind of made a little bit more sense. I was like, all right, maybe the two and a half was, like, not ideal, but not unwarranted. Like, it's within the realms of possibility. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen the show, and I want to see the show now, just to see. Because, like, two and a half stars is, like, maybe the most brutal review you can get. Because once you start to get lower than that, it becomes, like, it was a bad show, or, like, they just hated it, and they didn't get what you're doing. If you get a one... Uh, Unless you're actually a shit comic. If you get a one star, that's like a badge of honour. Because that means like you really fucked with someone. You know, I would love to get a one star. and have, I don't think I'd do anything at, like out there or controversial enough to get one. Although, I don't know. Maybe I'll get fucking famous last words. I've got a show on Sunday with three reviewers coming in. Maybe I'll get a one. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I really want to go see that. So I might go try and see that today as well, depending on what time he's at. I think I'm just in for seeing some shows today though, you know? Got that six o'clock show, Battle Names at seven, and then we'll go see Luke Joseph Ryan or fucking maybe I'll try and see Jez Watts. I wouldn't mind seeing Jez Watts after I stayed with him. Um, see what he keeps telling me about the song. Oh, the song worked really well tonight. Oh, the song was, uh, yeah, the song like didn't quite work tonight. So just changed a few things in the song. I'm like, what's this fucking song? I don't even know what the song is. <laughs> so I might go see Jez Watts. Um, <clears throat> yeah, maybe I'll watch The Late Show. Fuck it, I'm going to go watch a bunch of comedy tonight. Um, and with that, that is the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, if, you, if you've if you liked it, actually, if you're listening to the podcast regularly, I know a fair few people are now, um, <clears throat> just go on iTunes and, uh, and rate it, please. Please rate it five stars. <laughs> if you like it, please rate it. Don't be discerning. Don't be like... Oh, it's good, but it's not, you know, it doesn't make my heart sing four. Just please give it five. If you're listening this far, then I think you like the podcast or you're fucking masochistic in the extreme and you love listening to things that you hate. In which case, also rate it five so more people can have the same experience as you. Um, yeah, rate it on iTunes. That would be a massive help, man. And um, like the post on Facebook that it links off of. Like my page on Facebook. Share it if you like it. Just fucking try and spread the word, man. I'd love more people listening to this. Or just tell, like, one friend about it. If you have one friend who listens to podcasts, just be like, hey, man, found this podcast. It's real funny. This dude's cool. Um, Have a listen. And if you do that, tell me, and I will personally come to where you are and fucking kiss you on the mouth. That is my promise to you right now. Wherever you are in the world, if there's gigs, which they're, ch- I don't know, where else would you be listening to other than the UK and Australia? I don't know anyone else. <laughs> Ch- shut up! I'm done. I've been done for like a minute. Shut up, idiot. This has been sitting under a tree. I'm Aiden Taco Jones. Thank you very much. Have a great one. Peace.